This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by fifth grade elementary teacher, Mary Hard. We're going to have an amazing conversation about teaching online, how to prepare for it, what a typical day looks like, and the inherent challenges for teachers and students. Okay, Mary Hard, thank you for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. I really appreciate you being on this episode. So I think this episode was inevitable that we would have to talk about, but we are going to talk about what we call our remote campus here in Ames, but really it's online learning, and you've been doing it all year long. Yes, I have from the beginning. <laughs> so this pandemic, you know, when I think about it, it, it has introduced what we thought was impossible, I think, at times, you know, to do as a system or even what the building is, is to do online learning 100% of the time. Now, our buildings right now, we have students in our buildings 100% of the time, but we have also, and, and really from the beginning of this school year, we've had 100% online option for our students and parents who selected that district-wide. And so you're a fifth grade teacher and you've been doing our remote campus 100% online learning the entire year. How has it been going? It's been going well. It was, um, there's definitely a learning curve for students and teachers, <laughs> of course. Um, at the beginning, I think the district you know, laid out some some things that they, the way they wanted us to tackle things, and that was good guidance for us to be able to start off with. And then as I became more familiar with teaching online, and as the students became more familiar with online learning and with me, we found areas where we could supplement and do more. Um, but it's been really great to, it's been different, for sure, a different way to get to know kids, but I feel like I know these students different in a different way than I maybe would if they were in the classroom. So we talked, you know, before we started recording, and, and you've been teaching for, you know, several years. Did you ever anticipate we would get to this point where you would be teaching online 100% of the time? No, no. I, no. <laughs> I don't, and I don't think any of us have, and yet... You know, there was this concept out there, I mean, for years, and, and some districts would do pockets of it, and yet suddenly we're kind of thrust into this situation, and there's been a lot of good that has happened from it. So when did you first know that you were going to be teaching online, you know, going into this school year, and then ultimately, how did you prepare for that? So I knew ahead of time. It wasn't like I started the school year and then found out, like I knew you know, um, at the beginning of teacher work days, I found out. And um, so that gave me the opportunity to really think about how I was going to do things and um, how I would lay them out and what it would look like and gave me the opportunity to make and change my mind multiple times about what I thought like my online classroom yeah. would look like. Um, so as a part of our like return to learn plan mm -hmm. like this summer so we had and because you said you knew before beforehand that right. you were going to be teaching online and so as a part of our return to learn plan we had to plan for the contingency 
of having all of our students 100% online, a hybrid version of that, or having them all in person. And so, you know, we were planning for all of these contingencies and one of the decisions that we made and then ultimately why you're teaching online 100% of the time is that for our elementary students, we chose to essentially operate our online students as sort of its own building. So, you know, you don't teach, you know, for this school year students in the classroom. So we have all of the students that are online, you know, those fifth graders, they go to you. And so a huge shout out to you because you've had to deal, you know, figure out the technology part of it. Um, you know, teaching is very different. I mean, there, there are times where it can take, you know, years to implement essentially an online school. And you probably had what, a month, two months? <laughs> yes. Well, and it's, we've had, it's been good because I've had a lot of collaboration with the other online teachers okay. um, throughout the district. Yeah. So that's really helped because I think doing it if it was just me by myself, it probably wouldn't look as awesome as it does <laughs> with the collaboration of the other fifth grade teachers in the district. And then um, I'm housed out of fellows. Mm -hmm. So collaborating with those teachers who are teaching in the building okay. has helped as well. Oh, okay. So that collaboration really, really helps. And they will do things and sometimes it's hard to know like, okay, well that works great. If you're in person, how am I going to do it online? Yeah. And they help me brainstorm. Um, the other fifth grade teachers are, that are remote yeah. also really help. Oh, that's that. a really good network. Yes, it is. So talk us through like, what does a day look like for fifth graders online? So in my classroom, yeah. we start every day with class meetings. And when the school year started, I had 33 students. So we did two class meetings. We started with three, and that was taking too much time, yeah. or they were too short. So we made it two. Um, so we start with class meeting, and then usually we will go into other educational meetings. So we may have a day where we meet and have writing meetings, and then the students will be in small groups for writing instruction, and we will... Um, sometimes look forward to what's coming up in yeah. writing to kind of prepare them or things that I think they're struggling with from looking at their writing that we kind of need to go over. And that also gives them a good time to collaborate together and mm -hmm. talk and get some feedback on their work because that's really helpful. So do you facilitate like the technology part of it? You know, as a district here in Ames, we're a Google district and so we use Google Meet a lot. Right. Do you facilitate that like you set up the google meets yes. and then even if the students are collaborating how does that work so i will set up a google meet they can't mm -hmm. do it themselves yep. <laughs> some of them are still a little disgruntled about that <laughs> but um they like so we meet i send out links so every week um i send a newsletter to parents telling them what's coming in the following week yeah. and the links that students will need and then also in the google classroom on Monday morning, they can get in and see what all of the links are, what groups they're in, because I okay. try to move them around yeah. and have them be in different groups so that they get to work with all of the people in the classroom yeah. and so that they really feel like they're in a classroom with all of these people. Yeah. Um, it can be isolating. I think that's one of the struggles. For students? And, yes. Okay. And 
for staff. Yeah. But so the opportunity to get to talk to all of the peers in your class yeah. has been really helpful. And you got to be really deliberate about that, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. You know, so I heard you, you know, a lot of the planning from what it sounds like is similar to a typical classroom, except they're not in the classroom and there's that extra layer of the technology component and how really things translate between, you know, what the, how they normally would in a building to that online version. So what else are they, are they using? Are they collaborating over like Google docs as well? They, we do that. Um, they, a lot of times I'll put them in breakout rooms and let them work on their own things or give them a jam board. Oh, so okay. we just got out of a book club before I came here and they had slides on a jam board and they were in a breakout room with their book for their book club and coming up with questions and then answering the questions yeah. about their book club book. Do you feel like you kind of got into a flow, you know, now that we're halfway through the year? I do. I feel like we've mastered a lot of the technology. Um, And it was kind of, you know, for fifth graders who maybe weren't used to Google Classroom, weren't used to using a lot of the technology and all of the um, different Google applications independently beforehand, Mm -hmm. it was, some of it was kind of tricky at first. So really trying to lay that groundwork of using a new app while doing something that is um, not non-threatening. So doing about me stuff, like all the back to school yeah. stuff you would do in the beginning, but then trying to use new applications so that they weren't like worried about the academic part while using it. Yeah. Like that helped like lay the that foundation for them to be able to be successful with it now. How do you establish like relationships with the students? You know, it's it's very different than in person. I know we've talked, you know, we've talked about the differences, but there are still things that a teacher and a student they need to accomplish and building a relationship is one of those things in order for that student to be successful. And so as much as there are differences, that is is a commonality, but maybe a a hurdle that you've had to really encounter and figure out, okay, how do I get over this hurdle? So talk through maybe some strategies or some examples or what do you do on a daily, weekly basis to keep those relationships going? So our morning meeting, our class meeting is really important. And all the other teachers that I've talked to, the remote teachers agree, like that is a really great time for the students to work with each other and talk to each other, but also for me to learn about them and for them to learn about me. Um, Establishing that rapport that way has been really important, making sure we're having lots of discussions and that we're playing games and and trying to build, because you're trying to do the teamwork things that you would do in a class, but doing it virtually, you know, I've had to look and do different games and play play different (laughs) different things. but also having, you know, the students ask, they wanted more time together. And the, the students I have are awesome to, at asking. They're like, well, can we? You know, they don't, they don't they're like, what's the worst she could say? No. Yeah, right? So they're well, like, good for them. Yeah, oh, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> but like, can we meet more? Yes, of course. So we have a, at least once a week, we have a snack and chat on Fridays. Oh, that's fun. And we've gotten, you know, we I get to see siblings 
yeah. and pets <laughs> and, and new things, you know, yeah. we're in a position for them to share a little bit more of themselves yeah. because they're at home. Yeah. So that has been really good. And that's been good at, you know, relationship building. Um, also, the working in small groups has been really been really good. Yeah. Um, I post when I post assignments, it's there's a video. So the I have some videos that I've gotten from the district, and if I need to like supplement that, I make make my own or yeah. put my own in there. But then when we meet, that meeting time is when we really get a chance to get to know each other and share thoughts and and do things that maybe wouldn't necessarily happen in an in-person class. Yeah. So when we talk about, you know, online, we talk about synchronous and asynchronous, and it sounds like, you know, you have some, you know, synchronous times Mm -hmm. where, you know, the students come together, they're with you, whether that's the morning meeting, but you talked about the Friday, you know, just chatting, Mm -hmm. but also during lessons as well. And then I think, you know, what a natural question that comes up is, you know, is that a lot of screen time for, you know, elementary students, for fifth graders. I know that I have to be conscious. I mean, I'm on my computer all day and I can feel it at the end of the day as well. And so, you know, what are some things along those lines that you think about with with screen time? And are there activities or assignments that they do away from the screen and then can bring back to the class and to you? There are. And trying to, like, I try to encourage them to do some things in their, like, an actual notebook. So at the beginning of yeah. the year when it was school supply time, a lot of parents were like, what do we need to get? That's and a good question. It's a I great mean, question. It's, it's, I was like, don't get too much. Yeah. Like, don't buy all of the things that are on the school supply list. You right. won't need all of them. Um, but we basically did like notebooks and or like a folder or binder for subject areas yeah. so they can keep track of anything they need. But I try to encourage them to do like do the writing work um, when they can in a notebook instead of online um, and offer options for that. Options are really good. I think some kids will prefer online and prefer to type and prefer to do it that way, but others want it in on paper and like to work on paper and then have them take a picture and upload that work so I can see what they've done that way. Do you have opportunities, you know, for, I've heard group, you know, groups and small groups and and then even individual opportunities for students? Yes. So I meet with students, some students who are struggling mm-hmm. and maybe struggling with getting the work done. Yeah. Because we know in person, it's there are always going to be students and at times in everyone's life where you struggle to get yeah. things turned in or struggle to wrap your brain around a schedule. Yeah. And and how to do it. So I do meet with some students one-on-one um, at least once a week to to be like, all right, let's look at what you've got going on and yeah. what questions do you have and how are you tackling this? And we've had to be flexible and try different things like, okay, well, let's try it this way. And then in a couple of weeks go, so that, that didn't work very well, <laughs> did it? No. Yeah. Okay, let's try it. What's another way? And then, you know, being willing to try. Yeah. 
try things. Well, I know that there are just, you know, a lot of classroom management type techniques when it comes to academics. You know, you can do those things in the classroom very easily just by, you know, walking by a student and providing a gentle reminder. Mm-hmm. And But it can be a lot different. Talk about, like, just being flexible overall through this because I'm sure there's also times where, yeah, just those touch points are can be they're different. It's, it's a little bit, there's a barrier. There's two screens, you know, there's the screen that you're looking at. And then, you know, also the screen that the student is looking at. How else do you work through some of that? Well, we've had to brainstorm and talk about it as a group. Um, I think the biggest hurdle as far as like classroom management through the screen is talking over each other. (laughs) And I'm just as guilty of it as they are. And we have to remind ourselves, like, we have to take turns. We have to mm-hmm. wait if someone else is talking, even when you're trying to, like, chime in and, and, and say, oh, I agree, I know, then it makes it hard for anybody to yeah. be heard. So we've had class discussions. We've done lots of things with that because it, that does look different. Um, and having conversations with kids, like, the, where in the classroom I could come up and just be like, hey, don't, don't do that. Right. Now it has to be like an email or a message no, in Google yeah. Hangouts like, hey, we need to chat. Yeah. And then say, you know, when this happens, it causes this issue. Yep. We, we need to work on that. What could we do instead of this? And they've all been very receptive of yeah. that. And that sometimes that feedback is hard to, hard to receive. No, I get it. And hard to get. And this doing it virtually does I know. kind of make a difference. Yeah. But my class has been really wonderful about getting it and giving it. And um, I have to reach out to parents sometimes more yeah. now than I would in the classroom. Because if, you know, they're, I have fifth graders. Yeah. They don't check their email every day. Uh, you know, I, I was going to ask about that. Like, how, how are they? So I have second graders. Mm-hmm. I understand you know, the ele- you know, being around elementary students. And so I have that pulse, but just in my position, in my job, I'll email high schoolers sometimes. Sometimes I'll email middle schoolers if I'm working on a project. I haven't really had to email fifth graders. Like, how are they on email? So sometimes I have to remind them. I'm like, hey, check your email. And it's so funny because the other day I was like, oh, it was an email. Where is it? And they were like, Somebody pipes up and is like, I thought you said to get rid of all those emails you don't need because they can see. I was like, you're right. I did say that. Um, But I will remind generally a couple of times a week and say, you know, go in, check your email. Some of you should be getting an email from me. And so then everyone will kind of go in and be like, am I that someone? Is that me? (laughs) And so that, like just a a reminder, some of them are very good at checking emails and others not, prefer yeah. not to. Sure. No, I get it. I mean, but that, you know, that's, it's funny that same concept applies to adults as well. So most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. It, it's funny in that, you know, you talk about essentially, you know, Zoom etiquette. I know we're not using Zoom, but you know, those, this online etiquette of things. And I have, you know, Google meet meetings all the time. I meet with, you know, the same group of people every morning at nine o'clock. And it's, it's interesting, you know, making that transition from in-person meetings to, you know, this online version of it and, and just the things that we all just have to learn. And, and 
some of this stuff is going to continue well past this pandemic. You know, some of the things that we're adopting is just going to continue. I don't know that if you're teaching online, you know, next year, and I don't know that you know either, but, but it is something that we know that it's been successful as a district for some students. It's clearly not for everyone. And, right. and always our goal is to have in-person instruction available. And, mm -hmm. and we currently do in our district, but you know, I know in other districts across the state, across the country, you know, that is the goal is to get back to that normal. But I could, I could see online learning continuing all, you know, in the K-12 system. So if you had to prepare going into next year, what would be some takeaways that you've taken from this year that you could apply going into next year? Is it a lot preparation? Is that, a, is that the biggest part or? The preparation is, but I think the relationship building, like having a plan for how I'm going to do that would be my biggest, okay. one, of, one of the biggest things I yeah. would look at. Also, um, thinking about how I'm going to, how to handle like assessments, yeah. like making sure that it's student work that you're getting, that yeah. they're showing their work so that it's an accurate reflection mm -hmm. of what they are capable of doing um, independently. Mm -hmm. And those are the kind of things I think I would really want to think about if I was going to do it again. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm in the position, I'm with students who've chosen. Yeah chosen this yep. and I think it really does work well for some families a lot of my students do a lot of their work in the morning yeah um, and then have the afternoon for band and orchestra oh, sure. or you know they're in lots like they're trying to maintain some of those activities yeah. virtually um, so they're having time to do those other things or other languages that they're learning at home as well um, I think I handle it in a different manner than maybe some of my, you know, peers who are teaching virtually and it's not by choice. I sure. think sometimes yep. that makes it more of a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an important caveat, you know, moving forward. When I was talking about moving into next year, I, I did mean the parent choice course. opportunity. And But we have had situations um, this year where we were 100% online just due to local conditions. Right. And of that's course. not great. And we know that that doesn't always work for all students. But we have also heard of really inspiring online stories. Yes. And I, I think that even having those opportunities where everyone went online, it did let some families know. They're like, oh, wow, like yeah. this really works for our family oh, and sure. for our student and allowed them to, you know, work and learn in a way that is really benefiting them. Yeah. Um, we've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Like I've had a good time with it and I'm, enjoying my students a yeah. lot and so well, that's fun it is fun it's it, um good. it reminds me of a story so this is a, a parent perspective story but we have our son works one-on-one -on -one for for a small part of the day on some of his reading and and mm -hmm. writing and so from a parent perspective i've seen it where you know he's interacting with the teacher i mean and he's dialed in you know he's doing a really mm -hmm. good job and yet he has to write things and it's just funny because he has to like hold it up to the screen you know and just these mm -hmm. things that you know you just never considered before <laughs> there are the like the technology sometimes is different or yeah. things where 
you could pick up on body language and pick up on, you know, in person that you can't, it just doesn't quite translate as well um, virtually. Yeah, right. And that's become tricky. Yesterday I did a math group and they were like, you're... Your mouth moved really slow, and then it moved really fast, and all your words came out really fast. And all I could think was, like, I hate it when that happens when I'm in a meeting. And they were, you know, it just was, we just have to be patient. And that is something we've all learned is a little patience is really helpful and a little understanding. Um, My students are really, they're like, I think they're having internet problems. And it happens to everyone. Correct. And that's been, so this year's been a learning year for me and a year for me to like yeah. really be more reflective on how I can be more empathetic to yeah. others. No, I get it. So that's been good. So we're, you know, halfway through the year, mm-hmm. can you provide, you know, an example or two of a situation or a moment where you've really been blown away by, you know, what the students have done, like kind of in, in, in a good takeaway, an inspirational story from, from a student or two? Well, I had a student reach out and she was like, you know, I was wondering, could we maybe do a newspaper? And I was like, well, you know, we can throw it out there. Why not? And I've had throughout the year, all these different students, some come and have stuck with it the whole time. And others who have been like, well, I just want to write this piece or I would just like to share my artwork. And it's been great. It's yeah. been that's been a really good bonding experience for my students, and a good outlet, a way for them to share things they're interested in, and um, and it was because of students. Yeah, you know, so that I don't we wouldn't have time for that in a regular classroom, or it would be an extracurricular activity. Yeah, so that I've really has been really powerful. Yeah. You know, when I taught, I always found, and I taught high schoolers, so, you know, it's not the same as fifth graders, but, you know, you can teach to the standards what projects students work on. If you can get student voice involved in that, Mm -hmm. they're so much more invested into that. How has the technology, I know we, we alluded to it some, but you know, when I was in fifth grade and, you know, you're in elementary school, you know, computers were not the, the norm how much more advanced are our students and just being equipped to to use this type of technology, even from probably five years ago? Oh, I don't think it can even compare. I don't even know if it can compare to last year. Really? Well, because yeah. fifth graders, at least from the elementary school perspective, those students weren't using technology sure. consistently or having to interact and be like like problem solvers and and really looking for different um, different ways to figure things out. Yeah. So I think it's a huge difference. I mean, you can't compare to when I went to school. Like I don't <laughs> even like me the, even ten years ago. No, it's, but you yes, can't. even no, because the the applications like we use Flipgrid and yeah. use it to leave responses and did book clubs Flipgrid book club on our or did a Flipgrid so a video yeah. about our book club. And then they're, they were required to go in and comment on someone else's. And it was like a virtual debate, but n- 
not the back and forth of a debate. Yeah. So they presented their side, and then someone else was like, well, I disagree. And they would type in, even though I really agree, like, I disagree because of, and that was great. It was a great way for them to learn and do things, and I don't know that. And they're just really engaged. They're very engaged. It's so they cool. Enjoy that. Well, we could continue to talk about this forever. I just, I really appreciate this conversation because I think there's probably a lot of parents in in our community that, you know, what does online learning look like? And this is, you know, uh, elementary perspective, you know, your classroom. And I just think, you know, as we continue to build understanding around what this looks like, I just really appreciate this conversation. So I wanted to thank you again for being on this episode. So I hope everyone, you know, who is listening or watching on YouTube, you know, you like what you've heard and you can share the amazing education podcast with your family and friends. But Mary, thank you so much for being on this episode. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Great. Take care. You too.